hi everyone welcome to the at your service podcast my name is emily teo and today i'm joined by rebecca hi everyone and today we, we will be talking about environmental day which just happened two weeks ago this is our first environmental day in person since 2020 isn't that amazing emily I know. I feel like I've been. I was. I planned the environmental assembly last year, and it was all online. But I'm so glad that this year we could all come together to celebrate Environmental Day, and it was all really good. What's different about it being offline compared to in person is that this year we we're actually able to have workshops. So thank you to all of the clubs: Wonder Society, Code Red, Project Earth, Lout Inda, Bye Bye Plastic Bags, Gaia, and Planet on Fire for taking initiative on running some workshops to help. Um, the general gist population understand more about the environment. Yes, thank you so much for help planning these workshops, and I'm sure everyone enjoyed it. How was your workshop, Rebecca? My workshop was pretty good. So I worked with Bye Bye Plastic Bags, and we did tote bag painting. So Oh my in- god, how was that? <laughs> it was so much fun. Everybody did some pretty incredible designs, and um, our tote bags are actually uh, going to be sold, and, their dona- and the money that we collect from them will be used as a donation for the XS Project Scholarship Program, which sponsors a child of a trash picker to help continue their education in school. Oh my god, that's incredible. How many people were in your workshop? We had 60 people in each session. So that's 120 people in total, 120 tote bags. Oh my god, that's really good. Have, wait, has Bye Bye Plastic Bags ever planned a workshop? Um, yeah, we've had some workshops in the past with fifth graders at GIS. Um, just last year, during UN Day, we, we did the same workshop of tote bag painting, but um, we're totally looking forward to planning so many more this year, especially since we're in person. It's so much easier. So, what no, about- yeah, Environmental Day and Earth Day are like really good opportunities to have environmental workshops all around campus for all the students to be more educated and learn more stuff about the environment. So how did the assembly go, Emily? I thought the assembly went pretty well. We had a lot of different club spotlights. We had like Code Red and Tsukubuku talk about their Saturday visit. And I'm so, can we just talk about the Saturday visits for a bit? Like, I'm so happy that they're finally back after being online for two years. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Saturday visits and service was such a huge part um, in what we did before COVID. And I'm so glad that we now have them back to be able to have that peer-to-peer service that we've been looking for, especially for many clubs, um, having peer-to-peer service opportunities is such a big part of how they worked. And I'm so glad that it's actually come back. I know, I know. I'm so happy. I feel like we've been waiting for this moment for so long and they're finally back and we can finally meet with our community service partners. And yeah, like it's honestly just like so good. All right. During the assembly, we had a presentation about G20. Now, I don't know about anybody else in the audience who is listening, but personally, I like I know of G20, but I didn't really know what it is about. And it's really interesting that right now, living in Jakarta, we get to actually have a more intimate relationship with G20. I know it. And like, thank you so much, Axel. Just a shout out to Axel for help planning the G20 game that was at the Environmental Assembly. I think that taught a lot of us about more about G20 because everyone knows that it's happening in Bali and stuff like that, but no one knows like kind of the specific details and sectors of it. 
yeah, it was totally interesting. I mean, I learned so much about, I didn't even know they had, you know, green economies and blue economies. I know know when you and Daryl were on stage and Axel started talking about green and blue economies. I was like, since when did we, (laughs) each economy of colors, like I had no idea. Yeah, it was definitely a fun time, um, especially to answer those questions. <laughs> yeah, how was it being? How was it being on stage? Oh, it was so nerve wracking. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I should know more because you know, uh, my, you know, one of my parents works um, in government and sometimes goes to these G twenty meetings, but I didn't. <laughs> I had no idea, so I was on stage. I was kind of nervous, but I think it kind of turned out for the best. I definitely did learn something. That's good. That's good. And also we had Yayasan Kontrafasi Alam join us. And I thought it was, the talk was just so good, especially when she started talking about kind of their plans for conserving the nature and water reserves around Indonesia. What did you think? Yeah, I thought that was such brilliant work. Um, I think we're really privileged to have a talk from them um, to us students. And I definitely think that it broadens our scope of, you know, uh, and the environment and nature, you know, I think when a lot of people think of um, environmental day, they kind of think of, you know, just protecting the land and our trees. But it really goes deeper than that. It's also about our oceans as well. And I think my the most interesting thing that I found was that they that Yayasan Conservasi, they actually go and they monitor um, fishing spots to regulate overfishing in areas around Indonesia so that um, the aquarium life and uh, the coral there remains lively which I think is so cool. No, that's so cool. Like, I did not know that they did any of that, like, before they came on stage and started talking. Right. I just thought it was really interesting, and I'm really glad that they came because I definitely have learned some new things, about, especially about environmental conservatism in um, Indonesia, which is truly brilliant. It kind of just shows us how much there's more to learn about the environment. Like, the environment is so much more than just, like, oh, save the trees you know like can save our oceans you know there's so much more to it yeah i think it's very easy to (laughs) to do you know simple things like um you know we of course like a couple of years ago there was a huge wave of people not using plastic straws and then Mm -hmm, you know that kind of died out and you know people like oh stop using plastic bags which obviously we all should be doing yeah (laughs) um but (laughs) you know i think we often are so focused on what is happening on our land and us that we completely forget that there's whole other environments and communities out there that also need our help, that also are, you know, struggling thanks to climate change. It's not just our air that we breathe. It's not just in, you know, the trees that we have and the land that we walk on, but it's in the oceans that we swim in. Um, you know, it's in the lakes and rivers that people fish in. Uh, it's 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 a, it's a quite of a broader spoke. And I really think that that talk really opened my eyes, um, especially to how that um, climate change affects Indonesia. No, yeah, it was so interesting. And lastly, we had the essay board versus service council game, which we kind of, I we, we asked them questions about like, oh, um, which place is the most environmentally friendly or which place produces the most carbon dioxide? And they had to pinpoint places on a map. Rebecca, what did you think of that game? Personally, I think that um, essay board, you know, although they tried, I just don't think that they, like, yes, they may have won, but they didn't <laughs> win, you know? Um, <laughs> one by one point. <laughs> yeah. board had got three points and service council got two points out of the 10 questions that we gave them. <laughs> 
Well, I think it's it's definitely was a learning point. I mean, I yeah, it's it's very easy, especially you know, because we're we're so privileged in you know being able to go to such a wonderful school to mm-hmm. have our our minds only set in the small bubble of the world that we live in that we completely forget about otherworldly impacts, even though we totally should be aware. But I think this this quiz was definitely, um, well, the game was definitely something that, you know, it's like, oh, wow, do I really know the world around me? Yeah, I know. I feel like so, like, you guys, like, you guys were just so confused on where to pinpoint. Like, if I had said a question, you guys would be like, somewhere in Europe. Don't know where, but somewhere in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, it was it was fun, a little stressful, uh, a little competitive, but a little competitive too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think I think both service council and essay board had fun. So, yeah, I, I and I hope you guys learned a lot. <laughs> I certainly did. I mean, there, there were like some doubt points we were like really close to getting, <laughs> and like we'd we'd get to like the point and we'd miss it by like one mark. That was kind of that was kind of yeah. hard to go through. And it's hard because also like you like sometimes you would know you wouldn't know where the specific country was, but you knew where the answer was, you know, but you didn't know where in the world it was. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I only took like a semester of geography my entire life, so I can't really it was a bit speak. Rough. <laughs> <laughs> speak for my world geography <laughs> but yeah no um super fun game yeah but that started the service council and essay board rivalry so for now essay board has one point <laughs> <laughs> i mean there may be up one but next time around we'll get him we'll yes, get him yes yes all right so um now there is a huge correlation in the relationship between being doing service and being environmentally friendly um sometimes especially as an officer of a club i can say that i sometimes i may forget when doing service activities um or when participating when going on saturday visits for example it can kind of you know the the thought of being environmentally friendly and being conscious of the resources that we're using often can sometimes go to the back of my head um emily do you have any advice for that um honestly i feel like that's really hard because like when you're trying to plan your Saturday visits, obviously you're not really thinking, like most clubs are not really thinking of the environment. They're just like stressing out about what you want to do with your community service partner or like how many members you want to bring, you know? So I think that's like a really big question for all of us to kind of think about and reflect, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, being wary of like the waste that we're producing from our service activities I think will help us to you know be a little bit more conscious I feel like we should integrate it into our planning as well you know it's not just about you know being you know creating a super fun activity for our service partners but also being wary of you know our impacts as well because you know just like in everyday life you know if you if you start thinking of it more consciously sooner or later um it will start becoming more subconscious and it'll just become a part of what your club does so i feel like it's a challenge that yeah i feel like we should start implementing that with all our clubs yeah a, a little bit of a challenge to be you know a little more environmentally conscious while while doing their activities i mean you know waste produced by service activities can you know come in all sorts of varies i mean you could have waste from let's say you had you bought people lunches and they're in plastic containers that's a type of waste um if you brought you know 
uh, if you bought like coloring pencils or if you bought like devices and they came like in little boxes, that's also yeah. a type of waste as well. People are definitely like that can often like go to the back of your mind when you're like trying to plan your visits, you know, like you're not thinking of like the small things. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> there are bigger things like, you know, um, taking buses as well. Yeah, to service activities. Bus- yeah. Although that does produce space, it's so much better than having one person in one car going to the same place. No, um, yeah, that would be such a waste if everyone just went in their own cars and met at the location, you know? Yeah, so get on service for um, using carpool buses so we can reduce our CO2 emissions. Yes, yes, yes. That's our new goal. Like my, for Plan on Fire, my club, we're actually not even using a bus because we just need to walk to Trogong. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I just confirmed with this very I was like, don't book any buses. Don't do anything. We're going to walk there. So, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now pausing to Shayan to talk a little bit about industry and tech and their events. Hey, everyone. I'm Shayan and I lead the Industry and Tech Network. Today, I'll be talking about our network and how we also tackle environmental issues in our own way. I'd like to highlight two clubs, Engineering Off-Grid and Our We Work World. At Engineering Off-Grid, we work to encourage sustainability through student-led engineering projects. Some examples of this in the past have been our hydroponic system, which we implemented in one of our partner communities. We noticed a need for clean, healthy, and reliable food, and we realized that, implement- that implementing hydro and aquaponic systems were the best way to, accom- to address this deficiency with minimal effort and space. Thanks to this, our partner community has a new food source that's been running smoothly for over a year now. Additionally, at Access Project, we built and installed water filters to help purify the water the kids were drinking there. Thanks to these filters, Access Project now has much cleaner and healthier water than before. One other club we'd like to talk about is Our We Work World. Amid a global pandemic and an era of fast fashion, Our We Work World looks to promote the slow fashion movement and empower local tailors. To alleviate the environmental pollution generated by the rapidly growing fast fashion industry, they upcycled pre-loved clothes into brand new creations to minimize waste and help promote small businesses. They successfully partner with many workers across Indonesia to help them generate profits while simultaneously combating the pollution the fast fashion industry brings with it. I think this highlights how our service networks here at GIS aren't just limited to their driving questions and staying within their network. These two clubs in the industry and tech network have been working to promote environmental sustainability for a long time through their own technological innovations. Even other networks, like maybe the after-school network or the children's network, they're all looking to address sustainability in their own ways. And encouraging this interdisciplinary collaboration is important for maintaining the club's future, along with just being a better global citizen. So if either of these clubs interests you, or any club or any network interests you, Feel free to contact me at 39388 at gisedu.org.id or contact Emily, Rebecca, or even just contact um, any of the club officers for more information. And I think that's all we have for today. So thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.